All right, Teach Better family, we are back for another Admin Mastermind. It is October 10th, and we are talking about student discipline. This is the second week under that topic. And Miss Katie Miglin, I wanted to start this meeting with a Would You Rather, which is a Katie Miglin special. So I'm going to read this off real quick because I was pretty proud of this question. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, uh, I don't know. Pretty fun. So would you rather be known as the disco dean who quells unruly behavior with spontaneous parties in the hall or the whispering wizard who uses enchanting whispers to bring peace and order to chaotic classrooms or the high five hero who magically turns poor thoughts into positive actions with a single epic high five? All right. Which this one did you great. choose? <laughs> so, I, okay. So I chose the disco one, which people who know me this isn't a huge surprise but i think it's how you read the description like how you read like into it because then as you we heard people talking this morning it was like well yeah i also kind of want some of that or oh yeah i want some of that so i did really appreciate hearing other people's perspectives as like why they chose what they chose um i just personally am more it's funny because i'm not this way in my own house but in the classroom i'm more of like just embrace the chaos for a second and like get it out of your system and then we can move on. So, and I always had music playing in my room. So to me, I was like, disco Dean is totally my personality, but there was a conversation about the, like the positivity and like being able to do that with high five. I think there's like lots of benefit to that. So I really love this question because I don't think there was like really a wrong answer because all three like had a benefit to your school. So good job, Josh. Well, it was more of a, like a personality test. I, yeah. I was curious to see what people align with. I mean, you're right. You're like when you're in the educational setting, like the Katie Micklin that I've seen is more like extrovert, like, mm -hmm. you know, ready to like get with the kids and do something fun in an activity. And so I was not shocked by your answer <laughs> at all. <laughs> I was shocked by the, your confidence of like, oh, there's only one answer for everybody. <laughs> but uh, I think it was pretty fun to see like, you know, how people connected with the different uh, perspectives of either being a wizard or a disco dean or a high five hero. So uh, yeah. I was trying to, you know, get the fun out early because I know this can be kind of a serious topic. And so my next question probably was more on uh, you really need to think mm -hmm. kind of question. Yes. I don't know. I, I went pretty serious quickly, but it did bridge from what people were talking about. So I asked, how do you build a sense of collective ownership among staff members? for the student behavior plan, encouraging their active participation and com commitment to its success. So I thought this was fun because it's actually aligned with what we were talking about last week um, toward the end of our conversation with, you know, getting with mm -hmm. the, the staff on board. Obviously it's October and mm -hmm. sometimes some of the discipline behavior matrix kind of goes to the wayside as people are starting to get frustrated <laughs> with yes. what's occurring in the classroom. So do you mind just sharing kind of your thoughts on, you know, what was shared out for this question no what i i want to point out though like this question there was a long pause of people really like i don't know the right way to approach this because i think it's something that we have all seen happen on campuses literally everywhere 
because we know that every school is housed with different personalities and different perspectives as far as like what student discipline even means. We've been talking about that all month. Um, but I did like that there was kind of the, the conversation kind of lended itself to some continuity and some, you know, I brought up, are there some non-negotiables that you can agree with as a staff? Because we know that in a school setting, whether you're K through honestly college, there are a slew of behaviors that individual people might see as like the big deal, right? You know, it's, these are the hills I'm going to die on, but we really have to decide as a staff, which ones are we going to like work together as and kind of kind of agree are the ones that we want to combat or address or whatever. So I did like that. That was kind of the conversation of like, how can we foster that conversation within our staff? And then also kind of talk about like, what, what are some possible next steps? Because we've, you know, we've talked about different matrices. We've talked about different ways that, um, you know, some people call them like level one behaviors, level two behaviors. Some people call them like the T charts, whatever you want to call it. But having the conversation of like, here's some behaviors that we're going to address as a staff and we're going to put our focus in, but then here's some possible next steps creates just cohesion. And it's the idea that you're like meeting staff kind of in the middle that we may not have every agree on every single thing, but here are the things we are going to agree on. We're going to work together on. Um, I just really liked that that was like a good kind of happy medium. Um, I know some people said like kind of working to the middle of your, your staff and kind of some ignoring some of the outlier behaviors. So, but PBIS was obviously brought it up with yep. this, which is good because that's a huge part of behaviors. But um, Josh, you guys kind of started talking about how how PBIS isn't always for the students and it's sometimes for the staff. And you seem to like had some experience with that in your building. So do you want to mm -hmm. talk about that? Cause I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I want to talk to about what you just said about the folks in the middle. Cause I, I think that really coincides with PBIS too yeah. and what we saw in our building. So, you know, we leaked, we linked up with a uh, region um, for our state to kind of help us with PBIS and, and that implementation process. And they did this wonderful activity. And I don't know if I shared it on here or not before, but we had, you know, the, the cafetorium, right. Where you have the mm -hmm. stage and then you have like different levels as it goes up. And so what they did was they brought the whole staff into our cafeteria and they were like, okay, if you have never had an office referral, when you were a student, go all the way to the bottom. And like 90% of our staff <laughs> went down mm -hmm. and they said, if you had one referral and were sent to the principal's office uh, one time, go to the next level. And if you got two, go to the second level. And if you got more than two, go to the top level. And so it was really interesting how like the majority was on, at the bottom yeah. and then just a small percentage was at the second level, even smaller uh, on the next level. And then on the, on the way top, it was like myself and like three other people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and what was funny was it was the principal and myself, the AP were at the top level. We had been in the office multiple times in our student career um, where like majority of staff was at the bottom. And I thought that was a great image of like just how our student body is too. Yeah. And and our teachers, as far as like doing the right thing, majority, if you look at like grades getting in time, you know, the student referrals and, and all the stuff that's supposed to occur on a daily basis, the majority of our staff and the majority of our students do the right thing. And we, we lose that perspective. And it's the outliers mm -hmm. that we think, oh, that's the, the majority of people's perspective, or this is what they believe. And when it comes down to it, it's just maybe five to 10%. And, yeah. you know, 
I thought that was really eye-opening for our staff too, to understand like there's a disconnect with our teachers because they they were successful in that educational environment and they never went to the front office. They didn't get in trouble. So they, they don't understand when a student is bored and, and is acting out or maybe is having some issues at home and is bringing, bringing those to the school. And um, so we had to work with our PBIS team to kind of like massage that into them to say like, what your experience was at the campus level as a student is very different than the ones that you're serving now. And so our PBIS team was uh, phenomenal at also looking at the data and bringing that and communicating that with our staff. And so we, at that time, were implementing things like morning check-ins and things mm -hmm. like restorative practices and, you know, trying to build safe spaces in the, the educational classroom. And so like the PBIS team only supported by sharing like, hey, the things that we're doing is working <laughs> and, yeah, and right. our student referrals and, you know, repeat offenders and all these data points were shown um, all the time to our staff. And it wasn't to like manipulate the data in a way to say it's working. It was truly showing like what's occurring and what we're doing um, was working. And we did see a staggering amount of things decrease due to the implementation of several different strategies. So um, I know like for today, our meeting to, uh, was talking about PBIS and how it wasn't just focused on rewards. It was, mm -hmm. I, I know that's how it's packaged a lot of times with companies, but if you look at it, it's really about how the staff is changing the behavior to help the students make better decisions. And, and I love that that was brought up today mm -hmm. because I think that is one thing that we can control is the adult behavior and it's really hard to control the student behavior and so you know what are we doing um, i know like common language was was discussed uh scripting for communication in like escalated um, emotional states um, was talked about too so like um, i thought there was like really strong conversation about how pbis could be connected with restorative practices well and this is the second time that we have brought up as like de-escalating the adults is just as important as de-escalating the students. And I think that is something, sometimes we lose sight of that. We so focus on the students in our buildings and we focus on how to help them. But the reality is, and you know, and I brought this up that teachers are spread thin. They might for whatever reason be struggling that day. And so what supports can we put in place for them? Not to say that they're not I'm not questioning that they're adults and that we should, you know, we should be able to handle those strategies, but we all know that there are certain situations that on a given day might just really trigger us in a way that we didn't expect. And so how can we put in the support as a staff? And one of the things that was brought up from several people was providing um, like safe spaces for students to be removed from a classroom, which I thought was such a great idea but it's, it can't just end at the idea. And that's sometimes where the, the issue comes in is, yeah, there are there students that sometimes like we just need to break from, like they're just, they're struggling. I'm struggling to help them. We need to detach, you know, the, from each other for a second, but then it's like, well, then where do they go? Because they can't always just go to the office. Sometimes our buildings are way too big. That could be 45 minutes by the time a kid gets down there, sits there and then moves on. So is there opportunities for us to create partner classrooms or, you know, neighborhood classrooms where the student can go and take a break somewhere else. But then it goes back to, okay, as administrators, how are we putting those supports in place? If we see this as a something of value that we want our teachers to have, if we know that every classroom needs to have an extra desk that is reserved for 
that neighborhood classroom or that, you know, whatever we're going to call it, then it has, it has to be in place. It has to be preserved that way. Um, is there opportunities for us to be looking to help teachers to go tag them out and let them take a break so that they can deescalate? You know, just some of those things that are really great to talk about on the surface level, but we actually have to put them into action. And I think that is where sometimes we struggle is like, what, what's the next step? And so I did love today that there was lots of conversation of like how to actually make it happen and how it, those small little things can actually gain you time in the long run versus, you know, some of our go-to responses isn't always the most appropriate, but we don't know what else to do in the moment. And so it's, it was good to like, kind of hear those different perspectives. Yeah. I, I love kind of where we ended with the conversation. I know we had talked about like what strategies can you help to address staff that's maybe not buying in or yeah. skeptical um, about the new behavior plan or strategies implemented. And I think that's what Katie, like the teach better team does with our trainings. A lot of times is mm -hmm. trying to work with those staff members that think that the traditional practices are the only way to go um, and are maybe hesitant uh, to try new things. But I think what was brought up about how, teachers want to be a part of the process, mm -hmm. you know, of, of building those relationships and strengthening that. And it's really hard for them to, you know, send a student to an administrator, hear that the administrator is building this great rapport with the student and is learning all kinds of things and that they're frustrated that they don't have the time to do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, today was really fun to talk about like different strategies to, you know, pull on different resources and people to maybe make that happen so that the administrators allowing a teacher to be a part of that process. Well, to your point, you know, it's not just time, like it's also the capacity, you know, you being able to sit in an office with a one-on-one -on, -one on a student and have a even five minute conversation looks very different than a teacher having a student at their desk or, you know, a, a space in their classroom with 30 other bodies in the room. You know, it's just, it's a different relationship is being established. And so, yeah, it's, it's bridging the gap of what administrators are able to do and the relationships that they can establish. And also what are teachers truly able to do within their classrooms so that those relationships can be established, but also repaired when they're broken and kind of providing supports for teachers. I know we also kind of talked very briefly about how do you fold in some of those natural things that happen within your day to day? You know, we know Content, curriculum maps, pacing guides, all those things are on the forefront of teachers' minds. And so it's like, we've got to get through stuff. We, we don't have time to, you know, to waste is kind of what we hear often. So then how do you embed those small little moments so that if there's an issue happening in your classroom, you can get feedback from students. Or if there's, a, you know, there's something going on, how do you repair those relationships in those small moments versus thinking I have to give up a 40-minute lesson to do a restorative circle. That's not what anyone's necessarily saying. So it's also about coaching our staff to be able to provide that as well. Um, and I'm hoping we can kind of continue that conversation in the future because I felt like we just kind of got to the, you know, the tip of the iceberg on how to have those little intentional moments throughout along the way so that we can gain more time, you know, with our actual instruction versus feeling like we're always losing time. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Katie, because that was kind of my thought process to uh, I wanted to continue that, but we we're right up against the clock on that one. So yeah, definitely uh, next week, join us Tuesday mornings, 9am Eastern. If you aren't signed up, it's easy. It's free teachbetter.com slash mastermind to sign up. And yeah, next week, we're going to talk about some proactive 
tips and tricks because mm-hmm. I really think that's where we need to go next. It was established, whole group agreed, like you're going to spend your time with student behavior. Where do you want to do it? Do you want to do it on the front end and be proactive or do you want to be reactive and have to spend probably three times as much time with the student, with the family, with the admin uh, mm-hmm. on potentially some poor behavior? And so I think everyone agreed, like we definitely need to, you know, get at it, proactive. And I think everyone's pretty hungry about talking about the strategies needed to make that happen. So we'll go that way next week, okay. Tuesday morning. So I hope everyone can join us. If you're not signed up, like I said, it's super, super easy. Um, mm-hmm. You'll get that email with the link for our Zoom meeting. And Katie, I, I loved what you had to share today. Thank you so much for joining me, not only in Admin Mastermind meeting, but then also for the recap. Yeah, thanks for facilitating a great conversation. I look forward to continuing this, maybe not so easy conversation as the rest of October unfolds, because we know it's a needed conversation, but our hope is that like coming and being a part of it, we can give you some actionable steps, not just talking through the frustrations, but also kind of problem solving on how we can address these student behaviors and how we can meet students' needs and also meeting the teacher's needs. Love it. All right. We'll see everyone next week. Mm-hmm.